Hello, everybody. My name is Lenore Swiston, and I'm the host of Civically Speaking here on um, 90.5 FM, CFCR.ca in Saskatoon. And I have an awesome show today, something near and dear to my heart, the Saskatoon Folk Fest, of which I'm a part of. And I just want to ask my guests, I've got three of them here to help us navigate through this year's Saskatoon Folk Fest. So starting with Teresa, please introduce yourself. Hi, Lenore, thanks for having me on. I'm Teresa Strohan, and I'm the Executive Director with Saskatoon Folk Fest. Awesome. And next, Nikita? Hi, I'm Nikita, and I'm the Programming Assistant this year for the Youth Ambassador Program with the Folk Fest. Awesome. That's great. And Kishore? Oops, you're on mute. There's the famous words in Folk Fest in, in virtual land these days. Go for it, Kishore. Yeah, I'm Kishore. Uh, I volunteer uh, as a director of Saskatoon Folk Fest. That's awesome. That's awesome. I know you and I both sit on the board together. You know what, Kishore? I'm going to start it with you. Can you give us a little bit of a context and background on, on how this year's kind of Folk Fest came about? And then we're just going to go in the round as many times as we can here over the next kind of 20-some minutes um, and share with the listening audience the different aspects that we got going on in, in Folk Fest. Yeah, sure. Uh, Folkfest is the major festival connecting diverse communities and traditions of Saskatoon for the last four decades. It's a platform for everyone to stay connected with their heritage. 2020 being a special year uh, with pandemic uh, situations around, um, we decided to move forward with the festival in a virtual mode. It was the first time experience uh, to have this kind of major festival in a virtual mode. Uh, it was a lot of experience to figure out with the required logistics uh, for the festival and it was viewed by several thousands of people from uh, Saskatchewan and other provinces of Canada as well. With that experience, we decided to move forward uh, with one more year of virtual celebrations. So we started the uh, preparations in the spring of this year and at this point, uh, we are glad to have uh, the participation of over 16 pavilions this year and having more than 25 youth ambassadors and the food sales happening uh, starting from three weeks before the festival. I think we are all set to have uh, an exiting virtual festival ahead. Yeah, thank you so much, Kishore. I appreciate that. And, you know, in these COVID times, it's been really odd, right? Because we know these major festivals take a lot of time to plan. And it's not something that you can just return on a dime because it's very much about the preparation, as you said, on food and everything else and events and that. And with restrictions being what they are, I know that we've had to navigate quite the thing. Teresa, tell us a little bit more about the navigation that we've had to do and what's brought us to this point. Well, it truly is a it's a full circle navigation. I mean, the heart of Folk Fest is gathering people together to share, whether that's through the planning process, preparing the food, pr practicing your dance and other cultural performances, everything we do brings people together. So with COVID that created a fundamental shift for us in how we, how we do things. And it's just been, it's just been outstanding watching the pavilions and the volunteers react and find new and innovative ways to share their culture through this medium um, where we're no longer together in person. Yeah, for sure. So Nikita, here you are. We know that you're navigating you know, youth on this end. Tell us a little bit about your role and what you're doing from the aspect of that end. Sure. 
Um, so I'm working with the Youth Ambassador Program. It's a program we do every year. It's an opportunity for uh, youth that have a strong background in their culture to come together and really represent their cultures at Folkfest and also connect with these other people who are there representing their cultures to really strengthen that connection. Um, so virtually is a little bit of a challenge. I think everyone's a bit Zoom fatigued, especially yeah. these poor high school students. But um, there's a lot of really special opportunities that have come out of it as well, like the we're creating cultural episodes, which is something I don't know if they would have had a chance to do if we hadn't had to, you know, face these obstacles, but it's a really great opportunity. Um, they're all focusing in on one like cultural craft or tradition or a dance mm -hmm. and recording an episode where they explain the history of it and then teach other youth ambassadors how to do that activity. So they're putting a lot of work into this and our production team is putting a lot of work into this and it's kind of a legacy piece that's going to represent the Folk Fest for years. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. And we're going to dig more into this as we kind of continue our conversation today. Kishore, I want to go back to you. Tell us a little bit about how you got in Folk Fest and why it's so important to you. I mean, this, is the, this, this festival is one of the hearts of our community. So, you know, what brought you into Folk Fest and why does it matter? Well, I started volunteering for uh, Folkfest uh, almost 10 years before yeah. uh, as a volunteer of uh, India Pavilion. So I like the multiple aspects of uh, Folkfest where it, it, it gives different opportunities to share the culture and heritage in many different forms in terms of food or in terms of cultural displays or performances or just some interactive discussions. So the multiple bridges between the cultures is going to be also a strong learning process for uh, the youth and particularly for the families who are away from their own uh, countries or cultures for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, so sharing the culture in a most effective form is what I like with Saskatoon Folkfest. Yeah, for sure. You know, and Teresa, you know, how do, what brought you into Folkfest? I know you're the executive director, you know, of, of the Folkfest. How many years has it been and what drew you to it? Uh, well, I've been involved in the organization as a staff member since January 2019. But Folkfest has been a part of my life for as long as I can remember. I grew up about three hours northeast of the city. And I don't know if I have verifiable evidence that I was at the very first Folkfest, but I'm of the age that I could have been. Um, but as long as I can remember, we came into the city and that was one of the things that my Baba and Vito did every year. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we'd start at the, back in the day, we'd start at the, at the Kiev Pavilion with Ukraine and then tour the city. And uh, I've, uh, I've been involved in, in various forms ever since. I've been volunteering. My children um, have danced at, at the pavilion. And now for me, uh, the opportunity to, to be part of Folkfest from the organizational perspective was was really just kind of a, a dream come true job from, from my perspective. Yeah, for sure. And Nikita, what drew you into Folkfest? Um, well, I was, I was really excited for the opportunity because um, I'm almost done a degree here. So I'm starting to look at what that'll look for me um, in the real world. So uh, multiculturalism is something that I really value. And I have a, I have a global studies certificate. So mm -hmm. I've been focusing a lot of my studies on becoming more globally aware. So for me, it was a really great 
opportunity to develop more professional experience in that area. And yeah, I, I love the Folk Fest. I've lived here in Saskatoon for more than 10 years and it's always so much fun. Um, my wallet I bought last year at the Ukrainian yeah. Pavilion or probably two years ago, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's always lots of fun. I'm really excited to be a part of it this year. Yeah, thank you so much, Nikita. You know what, Kishore, there's a question out there and I'm going to ask it because it's an important one. We know that some festivals have gone live and we're choosing to keep in the format we are, but we know that we're bringing some other aspects. Do you want to explain a little bit about um, how that process came to be? And then what, And then I'm going to hand it over from you to Teresa to kind of walk through the agenda that we have planned because I think there's an intimacy that's being created in Folkfest this year in a way that we couldn't in any other kind of time frame. So Kishore, if you wouldn't mind explaining a little more on that front. Yeah, sure. Uh, as such, like Focus needs uh, involvement of a uh, lot of community organizations and pavilions. And the planning is probably, it takes about four to six months. So going into a live mode at this point of time uh, is something that we were not able to plan in the spring of 2021. And with a lot of uh, volunteers, performance, performers, and uh, different perceptions of uh, the volunteers, it's not possible for focus to be in a dynamic mode, uh, on an exact dynamic mode where we can reevaluate our uh, uh, design on a weekly basis or uh, something more frequently. Yeah. So. The virtual focus uh, framework of the virtual focus we decided in uh, April of 2021, and with the current uh, scenario, uh, well, we 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 added the food sale to it, like where uh, the patterns can order the food on uh, focus website and then they can collect the food. The food sales are spread over three to four years. Yeah. So we try to uh, include certain aspects of the festival, like the uh, food sale to make it more participatory than last year. Yeah, for sure. You know what? And it, it, that's really good. I mean, because there's the point that there are other things that are going on in our community, but we know this takes a lot of building, but we've created an aspect here of live and I don't want to get take that away because we really have and I want to ensure that people that are listening in with folk effects we are here we are doing things and it's starting really soon so Teresa explain a little bit more of that if you wouldn't mind because we know I know I'm looking forward to my food order that's coming on this Thursday gifts to some good friends of mine so explain a little bit more on that front yeah, we, you know, again, as Kishore said, you know, staying virtual last year was a learning experience and, yeah. and um, or going virtual last year was a learning experience. The decision to stay virtual this year, uh, you know, when you're looking at it five, six months ago and we were looking at making this decision, you know, whether it's the venues, the thousands of volunteers, the gathering limits, all of that just put, put us in a position where we felt the only secure um, choice was for us to stay virtual, knowing that we then had the opportunity to, to manage our activities. And with that choice, we then use the objective of how can we concretely interact and bring our patrons and our cultural communities together. And one of those core ways with Folkfest is food. And so we, uh, you know, again, completely pivoted from the in-person cash, come and get your food whenever it works for you. And the Philippines Pavilion uh, was kind of the first one to step up to the plate and say, 
we feel we can give this a try. They had a great restaurant partnership uh, in the community and uh, their food sale uh, will be this Friday or th this Thursday and Friday. Um, you know, pre-orders were, uh, were requested. We're hoping to have a couple more pavilions come on board. Uh, we're looking at uh, the Indian and Chinese pavilion uh, just before the festival, kind of middle of August. So you can check out shopsaskatoonfolkfest.com um, for all the information on the food sale. Uh, but that's just one of the aspects that we're, we're trying to bring to the community to be able to, uh, to involve people. Um, our FolkFest photo quest, which uh, Nikita and the rest of the summer staff team have been working hard on, finding locations across the city, taking folk festers to the streets of Saskatoon and finding where culture is in everyday um, locations in Saskatoon. That's going to launch August 1st. So check out our website, um, which is saskatoonfolkfest.com. Uh, and there'll be more information on there. There's great, uh, great locations to visit with your family. There's the opportunity to enter to win some cultural gift baskets. We're pretty excited about that. Um, as Nikita mentioned, the youth ambassadors are working hard on their cultural episodes just to kind of break down an aspect of culture and let people dive deeper into it. I've been fortunate to watch a couple of those uh, episodes. I knew nothing about Rangoli painting and after watching our youth ambassadors, that's something I can't believe I've never had the opportunity to do and certainly will do in the future. Another um, thing that we'll be launching later in August is our cultural workshops. And that's kind of when Lenore alluded to that more personal experience. We're looking at kind of bringing bringing people back behind the scenes where, you know, normally you're sitting there in the audience and you're watching the performers with thousands of other people and they perform and you're in awe of what they can do. And then they're off the stage and, and done. This is an opportunity to join by Zoom with some of our cultural mentors and talk about dance and heritage dress and connect with culture, traditions and food and find out the why behind this particular recipe. What celebration is it used for? And again, all of that information will be on social media and our website and the public's encouraged to sign up and spend an evening with us pre-virtual festival connecting with culture. You know what, I wanna to go to, to where we know the pista resistance is though in many ways. Because we know that, you know, on that kind of third weekend in August, that's an important weekend for many people. And we haven't taken away that opportunity. In fact, it's there for you. Kishore, do you want to explain a little bit with Teresa and Nikita, if you guys can kind of three-way this and tell us what is happening during what we're entitling the Culture Connect? Because I want people to know is that this is still going on. And this is something that we really want people to be involved with. Because when we do come back fully live in 2022, we want to take the, the we want to take this knowledge with us and and all of the new learnings that are happening um, within our community and bring them into 2022 when we bust out so that might even be our theme trees I think busting out in 2022 so Kishore what's going on that weekend yeah well the theme of uh, this year's festival is culture connect actually that's just what we're doing for the last uh, four decades yeah. but probably that theme this year makes more sense because uh, even in during the pandemic, we're, we're trying to retain our uh, theme and the connection between the cultures in the virtual mode uh, to our best possible thing. So during the first fixed, uh, weekend, like we have a lot of performers uh, from different pavilions whose performances are pre-recorded and they'll be uh, live on YouTube and uh, FolkFest Facebook page. Mm -hmm. um, and at the same time, like people, patterns should be able to order their food and three weeks, starting from three weeks before the festival on different dates as advertised. So 
I'm actually more excited to see the performances and the participation of more than 25 youth ambassadors on that weekend. Yeah. And maybe Teresa can add more on that. Go for it. Teresa. Yeah, as, as Kishore said, we've been working hard on, on uh, recording the cultural performances. And once again, it's been great to see the pavilions really step up and try to bring something different. We've had a few, uh, a few unique performances. Uh, one of our Scottish uh, young singers uh, did a song for us last week that involved mouth music. It was the first time she's ever used that particular style of, of Scottish traditional singing. So that was really exciting. Um, I, we had the Chinese group perform a lion dance. Um, and Nikita and the youth ambassadors have been working hard on their intercultural dance. So there's going to be a lot of exciting um, and new things for people to watch when we live stream both, uh, both nights, August 20th and 21st at 7 p.m. So Nikita, tell us a little bit more about that part of it, because we know, I'm hearing, you know, there's the youth are being involved in all aspects of this festival. And that's really important, right? Because as we kind of, you know, transmit culture from generation intergenerationally, that's so critical. So explain, explain in more detail, if you can, some of the examples of some of the things that you guys are doing from the pictures to the actual cultural connect on August 20th and 21st and, and what else is being involved, if you wouldn't mind. So they do the intercultural dance every year. So that's something that I know they were really excited to do this year. So every year they all prepare a little bit of choreo and then they learn everyone else's choreo and perform it all together. It's really exciting and they they love it so much. Um, we were practicing last weekend and they were having so much fun. It was almost impossible to be filming in the next room because they just wanted to talk and chat with each other. They were just so excited to be there. Um, so that's definitely something to watch out for. And yeah, that will be on the Culture Connect, and so will their cultural episodes. And what those will look like is, yeah, they'll discuss the history and significance of things like the Nepal ambassadors are doing Rangoli painting, like Teresa mm -hmm. said. Um, we have some trivia with the Chinese ambassadors. We have uh, the sword dance with the Scottish ambassadors. Just a really cool deep dive into these elements for anyone who's ever wanted to learn more, maybe try out the activity themselves. So that's yeah. definitely something to look forward to. And overall, I'm really excited about the Culture Connect because um, if you've ever gone to the Folk Fest in person, you go to every pavilion and they all have these performance schedules, what they're gonna be doing over the week. It's impossible to make it to every single one and they all sound interesting. This is really yeah. a unique opportunity to sit down for a few hours and get to see every single one that every pavilion has planned. Yeah, for sure. So Teresa, walk us through the logistics. How do I tune in again? What time does it start? And then where, where do I see an agenda if I want to tune into specific pavilions? What's the logistics on this so that we can, we can share this with our audience? Because we know they're going to be listening to the show going, okay, I get it. I get how this works. Because there's, there's, there's a way that we can really bring this into your backyards, your front yards, your side yards, and ask you safely to gather with your family and friends as you're able to, um, to do this. So please do walk us through that. Yeah, so the number one thing is mark your calendars for August 20th and 21st at 7 p.m. Okay. If, you're, if you're needing a reminder, go on to our website, fasttunefolkfest.com. You can sign up and we'll be sure to send you event, event reminders so you can't forget that you got to tune in. Mm -hmm. uh, we're, we're really excited at the opportunity if the weather holds that people can take that laptop outside or, uh, you know, other opportunities to bring uh, family and their household bubble together and gather for 
uh, we're calling it the Folk Fest Backyard Bash. Just yeah. bring people together in, in that smaller, um, a smaller version where people can still celebrate and watch culture together. Uh, as far as the details on the programming, we're hoping that that will come up the week before the festival. Again, that'll be available on the website. If you've signed up for our email reminders, you all automatically get it. And of course, it'll be posted on, on social media as well. The, the key thing is, is that the shows will be different each night. If we're, if it's possible, the intercultural dance that Nikita had spoken about from the Youth Ambassadors is so popular. That one will probably be played each night because people just don't want to miss that one. Yeah. But otherwise, the entertainment throughout um, the show on Friday and Saturday will be unique. Um, so we've got the opportunity for people to enjoy uh, new cultural performances both nights. And it runs from what time till what time? It's starting at 7 p.m. Yeah. I don't have an ending time yet because we're still actively recording performances, yeah. but we're anticipating probably about a nine minute show. So block off your calendars from seven to nine and we should be able to take care of your entertainment for those two evenings. Okay, that's great. Now, Keisha, what are you doing during those times? Where, 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 what, what, are, what are you up to on that weekend? I'm going to watch the show and uh, help in any format needed for, yeah, its for sure. streamline. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But I mean, that's the whole key, right? Is that I can't wait to bring together friends and family. Like I'm anticipating on the Friday and Saturday, I've got, I'm envisioning my backyard set up in a very specific way so that I can actually, and Nikita, you said something that is just so awesome to, to kind of point out to. There have been years where I've literally been like in the Olympics running between, between pavilions trying to catch everything and you just can't do it. It's just not possible. This year, it kind of comes to me. That's the difference. So I can have Olympics on one station and Folk Fest on the other. You know, in this case, that that Olympics will be done and this Olympic starts. And so it's really kind of cool to be able to bring Folk Fest into the backyard. But I don't want to forget this because you've the food aspect has started. I mean, I am thoroughly looking forward to Thursday night with a Philippine meal for four to six people that I was able to order online and the proceeds of that, Keisha, where does that go? Like, how, are, how, are, how is this working in terms of how we're doing this? Because this is all about supporting the Folk Fest experience year round. We're taking the festival in from a, from a weekend and extrapolating it into, into a year, essentially, and with all the different options that we're having on the go nowadays. Well, the proceeds will basically go to the pavilion, which yeah. is serving the food. Yeah. Uh, because during the pandemic year, a lot of uh, community organizations are uh, trying to cope up with their financial requirements and yeah. uh, in the background of life activities. So a lot of community organizations as well need support. And it's one way that FolkFest is uh, also able to support the community organizations and participating yeah. pavilions. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, Kishore. And Teresa, what's the next one up? Because I know I put in an order last night for the net for the next food food one. So can you share a little bit about that? Yes, the India Pavilion is the next uh, next confirmed food sale. So it'll be up on um, their their food sale weekend will be the thirteenth and fourteenth of August. And as Lenore mentioned, she uh, was uh, was keen on it and found it out even before we publicly released. <laughs> the the website, but it is available. That their day one menu is up on uh, shopsaskatoonfolkfest.com uh, and available for order. We're hoping to get day two for the India Pavilion. They're going to use two different restaurant community partners, and yeah. we're just finalizing details with the Chinese Pavilion. 
to hopefully have a, a food sale on August 19th, the day before the Culture Connect live stream. And in addition to the food sales, we also have uh, the opportunity for people to support Folkfest in a, in a new way for us. We, uh, we launched an online 50-50, and that's SaskatoonFolkFest5050.ca. It's a Saskatchewan tradition to have 50-50s to support community groups. And just building off of what Keyshore said, when you're supporting Folkfest, you're not just supporting Folkfest as an organization. Our 21 member groups are, are grassroots community organizations who rely on the fundraising from the Folkfest Festival to run their cultural programming, which is critical to our community all year round. And so we're really, um, we're really appreciative of the support we've had from all of our folk festers in the past and are excited to provide these two opportunities this summer through the food sales and the 50-50 raffle to still be able to support folk fest without the actual passport uh, to be able to participate um, yeah. in the mission that way. Thank you so much, Teresa, because I think that's where I want to go with, with Kishore here just in the last couple of minutes, and that is to really thank the members. They have really been the ones that have given the leadership and the vision for what we you know, needed to do this year in terms of being safe, being able to still extend Folkfest into the community, still keep us going. And then, um, you know, in the hopes and the anticipation, and in 2022, we come back with a vibrancy uh, that we're safe as a, as a festival, you know, that we're sustainable as a festival, you know, and that we are fully out there with the, you know, with the most that we have to give. So Kishore, some final thoughts on our membership, which really is, you know, something that is driving this festival. Sure. First of all, uh, as, a, as a organization, we're proud to continue with the spirit of uh, Folkfest uh, during the pandemic time and contribute to multiculturalism. Um, yes, uh, our sincere appreciations to all of our uh, pavilions and volunteers, without which uh, this virtual festival cannot be in place. And same time, I also would like to thank uh, all the Folkfest staff, youth ambassadors, uh, and our sponsors, and others who supported in uh, many other forms as and when required. Uh, remember that hosting a virtual festival uh, in this pandemic time is not an easy task, and it requires uh, the support of many, many different uh, diverse organizations and volunteers. Yeah, thank you so much, Kishore. Nikita, in kind of 20, 30 seconds, some final comments. Um, tune in. It'll be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. The simplicity is, is, is not unwarranted. And Teresa, some contact information and final thoughts. Uh, again, our website, uh, saskatoonfolkfest.com, has got all of the interactive tabs where you can find out about the the website, the photo quest, all of that um, is kind of detailed out. Submit your culture question for the youth ambassadors, get involved in one of our cultural workshops, sign up to make sure that you've got all the latest information and, in, and uh, reminders about the actual festival dates. And, and on social media, we're at Stoon Folkfest. So the, the at sign and then S-T-O-O-N Folkfest, that'll have, have you finding us on Instagram, um, Facebook or Twitter. Oh, that's great. And you know, for those that still like a phone call, if they wanted to phone you and ask what's up, what would be the number that they would call so that they could find out information that way? Because I know there's a few seniors and that that are sitting in their in their homes right now that I know that's how they contact me. What would be the number they could call? You know, I had a wonderful conversation with a senior lady yesterday who was yeah. so excited to know she's like, 
So all I have to do is get my daughter to configure my iPad to watch it. And I'm like, you bet. So they can call 306-931-0100. And that's direct to the FolkFest office. And we'd be happy to answer any questions that they have. That's awesome. And I will be running this. I'll be running this interview for a couple of times and putting all the contact and links into the uh, podcast links as well on Civically Speaking. Um, and that'll be something that's readily available to everyone. Well, I want to thank the three of you so much for promoting uh, this 2021 Saskatoon Folk Fest uh, starting now. And then, of course, going into the third week of August, August 2021. Um, Nikita Funk, Shorgel. And Teresa, Strone, I'm saying your last names, I don't know why, but you know what, people got to try to figure them out and I mash them up. But thanks, Kishore, Nikita and Teresa from Saskatoon Folk Fest for, for helping us learn how to jump on the Saskatoon Folk Fest, um, you know, parade, I shall say, um, for this for this coming season. So take care, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in to Civically Speaking. I'm your host, Lenore Swiston, um, and we are here on cfcr.ca 90.5 FM in Saskatoon. Take care, everyone. Be safe.